and welcome to Riding in Cars with Cats. I'm Mike Tanner and today we are not riding anywhere because we're coming to you from Volta. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about something I've talked about before which is the Volta Academy program and we thought that the best way to have people understand what it's all about is to actually go to Volta and ask them. So I'm joined here with a couple of the people who are involved and I'm going to have them introduce themselves in a moment and then we're gonna get into it. So let's start with Megan. How about you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your involvement with the Volta Academy program. Awesome, first I wanna thank you so much for coming to Volta today. My role at Volta is I'm the startup services manager, so that's working closely with all the companies here, our resident companies, as well as our alumni companies. I'm really excited about the Volta Academy program because we're able to target even earlier stage entrepreneurs, so people that are in our network membership, as well as people who are, haven't even been to Volta before. So it's a really exciting thing that we're excited to be chatting about today. Awesome. And I'm also joined by Caitlin. Caitlin, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Caitlin Burgoyne, and I have been a Volta network member for the last three years. Um, I was at the original Volta, one of their first um, companies there, and three years into my journey, we decided to shut our doors down. So we, uh, at this point, I am working back in my um, past life. I was a marketing consultant, um, had a marketing agency, and I worked with a lot of tech startups. And one of the cool things about being at Volta is that they asked me to join um, as an instructor for this program and talk a little bit about creating personas, understanding your brand, something I'm super passionate about. But I'm also potentially going to join as a company because I have a new idea that I want to work through. So I get to have the awesome experience as both a instructor and potentially as a student. So I'm stoked. And you definitely have a good chance of getting accepted. <laughs> so, yeah. As she wink winks across the table yeah. with Megan and slides a submission form across. Yeah. Um, so what, so how long have you been with Volta, Megan? I've been with Volta for a year. Okay. Now. Yeah, mm -hmm. it just came up on a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, what is your background? How did? You, how is it that you came to Volta and wanted to be involved in Volta as a whole? And then we'll talk about the programs. For sure. So my background is in marketing communications. I have a business degree and a journalism uh, postgrad. I worked in Toronto for nine years doing the corporate thing with Scotiabank and working with CTV and that type of thing. Decided I really missed the East Coast. I'm an East Coaster at heart, so um, also have two children. So it was easier to, for lifestyle changes to come to the East Coast. And I saw Volta and heard about it and I was blown away by what it's doing and thought it was a really exciting and important thing for Atlantic Canadians. So I applied and met with the team and here I am a year later. Awesome. Yeah. And Caitlin, when you first joined Volta, what was it that drew you to becoming a Volta member and, and bringing your product to Volta? If I'm fully honest, the reason I joined Volta originally was because the rent was really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um, renting an office in the Hydrostone for my agency at the time. I had an idea for a tech startup. I came and met with um, Millen, who was the director at the time, former founder, and I was telling him ideas like, oh, well, you should come to Volta. And I was like, what? <laughs> and there wasn't much of an application process at this time, it was still really new. And I said, well, how much is the rent? And he told me and I said, done. <laughs> I had no idea at the time that in addition to getting cheap rent that I was going to get the best experience I've had in my whole life career-wise. So I met incredible people, had learned amazing things, got to go on this amazing journey of building a startup. And so all I can say is I was really happy that the rent was cheap. <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, and that's the thing. It's, um, there's always lots of reasons to 
join various programs. And sometimes we have these like, I'm, I'm writing a book right now about something else. And one of the things we talk about in it is the lies, like the dishonesty that we tend to have for ourselves. Like I'm in it for this, or I did it because of this. When you're like, why don't we just say why we did it in the first place and then go to how, you know, sort of how it came about. So the thing that has always interested me about Volta is the idea of all these incredible minds with very different ideas and very different perspectives all in the same working space. So Megan, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how, how that kind of works. Like what's, what's, what's good and sometimes what's bad about having all these different ideas and totally different concepts in under one roof sort of thing. So. Yeah, that's a good question. I think the biggest thing that we try to create is a community for founders where they feel like they have some peers that they can talk to. Because I think it can be a pretty lonely space to be in when you're a solo, if you're a solopreneur. Um, so what we really try to do is build a big community so they can have that peer support that they want. So we do a lot of peer-to-peer -peer events. Um, we find that's really good. Even just social events, they don't have to talk shop, but just let off some steam and that type of thing. We tend to do those things fairly regularly. We also offer a ton of programming. So we offer over $50,000 in programming and resources that are there on top of the cheap rent just to <laughs> help support them as they, as they build their business. So I think that's sort of where we really want to focus on is sort of building that community of, of founders. I think it's hard um, to always be able to do everything for an, they have, the needs are very different for each each entrepreneur and each founder. So I think sometimes it's hard to cater to each person and make sure that they're all getting what they need. So I think you guys do a really good job oh, of that. That's good to hear. <laughs> so that's something we're always working on is how to improve that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Caitlin can speak to sort of what it's like as the founder. Um, I mean, really, again, like I, I joined because of the resources that were going to be available and the facility, but what I didn't realize I was also going to get was the community. And mm -hmm. that was really the most powerful thing coming from, you know, having had two businesses before uh, starting my tech company, they're um, oftentimes in an industry, it's somewhat of a closed network where you've got peers, but like you don't want to necessarily share your secret sauce with the agency next door. And so people don't really have that support network of people who really get what it is they're doing. But in startups, what's unique is that so much of the actual day-to-day -day stuff is shared amongst different companies, but because they are solving such different problems and going after very different customers, nobody is afraid to really just like get into the details with you and share their best approaches. Everyone there to support and help you to just move as quickly as you can so from that perspective it's just incredibly open and just everyone is willing to give you time and that's oftentimes what you really need from other founders is just their insights and expertise right that's I mean one of the things that when I've over the years as I've started doing what I do um, I've gone from helping manage a computer store to being a full-time stay-at-home dad to now doing some other things and one of the things that I found really interesting with the Halifax community in general is that I was able to, at one point, reach out to someone locally, Ross Simmons, mm -hmm. and just say, can I sit down with you and talk? And, and the thing I really love and, and what I've noticed about the people that I've met who've been involved with Volta in some way is that, that that's sort of East Coast mentality of like, do you want to grab a coffee or a beer and chat about what you need to chat about is there. Mm -hmm. that, that I've seen other places where it's not and it's, terrifying mm -hmm. um so i think that honestly every feedback i've gotten from every one who's been involved in volta you're definitely doing that part right so um <laughs> so you get one check mark yeah exactly um, so, so the next part is so you've you've got the space you've got all these different people inside of it so what made you decide that okay well now we want to 
teach rather than support per se. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always a lot of teaching resources, but what made you decide to formalize that into, uh, into what it is now with Volta Academy? Yeah, for sure. So I think, um, so we have our resident companies, but then we have over 600 network members. And what we found when we were doing the tours and kind of introducing them to Volta, a lot of them would say, I have this idea now, how can you help me? And we were sort of like, uh, well, come back once you kind of have validated that idea. So we've understood that there was a gap that we perhaps could, you know, start working with people a little earlier, even before they have a formalized company, they just a really cool entrepreneur and maybe we can help them from the idea and walk them through. So that's where the idea of Volta Academy came. And then in thinking, I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't know what an entrepreneur needs. And it, so I you know, chatted with Caitlin and was like, tell us from your perspective what an entrepreneur in an early stage would need. And she's been amazing in kind of helping advise some of um, even how it's broken out and fr the framework of it. Um, so we really want to make sure that it really is exactly what they need at that stage and that they're getting that support. And then hopefully maybe at the end of it, eventually they become a resident company of Volta and sort of feed that pipeline. It's just a matter of getting in front of them a little bit earlier and helping them at the earlier stage. Right, before they've basically just been like, I've been trying to do something for a year and I don't understand it and now I just kind of shut it down and, and kind of move on to something else. Exactly. So, so how many how many sections are there in terms of the courses? Like how many different facilitators do you have involved? Mm -hmm. And what sort of is the, the process of the courses? Yeah, so it's 12 weeks. It starts with doing the Lean Business Model Canvas. We're really excited as Brian Jeffcock, uh, mm -hmm. who's known in the, in the ecosystem, is gonna be facilitating that piece. So it starts with that, then it moves into sort of the customer segment. So Caitlin's gonna help with that. There's um, India White, Ashley Green and Caitlin are taking on that, that section. So it's kind of identifying your customer, doing validation. Then we're moving into design thinking, which is a four week section. And then the last one is about the pitch and how to market your, your business and how, what you need in terms of visuals and all that type of stuff. So hopefully at the end, either their ideas, you know, they failed and they realize time to move on to something else, or perhaps it's at that point they walk away and they actually have a pitch deck and they have their idea validated. Okay. Um, so, Caitlin, from the, from the marketing perspective, and I know this is you know, sort of what you're, I've seen lunch and learns and et cetera that you've done before. So, what do you think is the most important thing that people are going to be able to glean from your section that you're, uh, that you're working on? What I hope that they glean from it is really understanding that the customer is at the center of their whole business and working like backwards from the customer essentially. I think that what happens for a lot of uh, early stage founders is they have a vision, they have a product they wanna bring into the world and oftentimes they do it behind closed doors without even interacting with who the prospective customers will be or maybe they send around a survey to their friends on Facebook and that's the most feedback that they get. And so from a marketing perspective, the more that you can get inside your customers' heads, the more that you can use the words that they're using, know what their pains are, speak to how you solve those, the more successful your company will be. And so what I'm really excited about is to basically ingrain that habit early so they see the value from the very beginning of their company and it becomes something that they do through the life cycle of their company because that's what's going to basically lead to success at the end of the day. Okay. I, I think that's a really important piece because I see a lot of people who sort of say like, I have this idea and this is what it's for. And then when you kind of say like, well, but this is how people would actually use that or this is what people would actually do. It's really interesting when you sort of realize that. I did a, a small course, uh, a Coursera course online about 
human-computer interaction. So it was basically a UX course. And one of the things we had to do was design a mock-up of an app that we had an idea for. So I had this idea for an app, and it was a running app for Google Glass, where you'd be able to sort of see people in front of you and running behind you, and you'd hear you've audio cues and all this kind of stuff. And I had this idea of exactly how that would be used. And then I sent around a survey to some people that I knew, some people that I knew that were in, like, that were runners, that were tech people. And the feedback I got was like, oh, this part, which you basically ignored, is the mm-hmm. part that we would actually be interested in. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that's your main product is just no one cares about. Mm-hmm. And I think understanding that, like, when you understand that early, you get the idea of, like, well, my whole idea might not be dead but if I put all that focus in, you know, my starting point might be perfectly fine. But if the direction I head is off one way and it should go the other way, that's a, you know, a huge difference. So I think that's super important for people to understand at that stage. Um, how many spots do you have open for the program uh, when you first launch it? Yeah, so this, the fall is going to be our pilot so we can, you know, work out any kinks that we have. So ideally, we want 20 really um, qualified entrepreneurs. If it's 15, then it's 15, but 20 would be the ideal goal uh, for that one. Okay. And um, obviously these need to be people that are committed to that, you know, that thing. So what's the schedule like? Is it something that allows people to do their normal gig and be able to do this on the side? Or is it something where you say, hey, quit your job, (laughs) move into a trailer and bring all your stuff to Volta in the morning or what, yeah, what's the schedule? you can shower in our bathroom. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Um, it's going to be Monday nights from 5.30 to 8.30. So we, we understand that people will be working and we don't want people to quit their day <laughs> jobs right away. So it will be in the evening just to allow them to do what they normally do and then they can come in the evening. And we're going to make it casual too. I mean, we're going to have some fun as well. So I think it's going to be a great way for them just to get to know other people in the community as well from a social um, peer aspect. Okay. And so, Caitlin, I want to, because I find this part really interesting where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm going to teach a section about this. I'm assuming you're going to get okay grades in the section that you teach. Uh, but assuming that you're accepted to it, if, mm-hmm. if that is the case, what, what really do you hope to get from it that you, because you've, you've done this before. Yeah. So what is it that you hope to get from Volta Academy that's lacking in your arsenal right now or that's a different perspective that you want to get? For me, the the kind of three biggest values that I hope to glean, one is the structure. Because yes, I've done this before and yes, I could go off and do this on my own without the Volta, like the, the, um, the academy, but I don't know that I would hold myself accountable to showing up every week and doing the work every week without that structure. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is I'm really excited to see how other instructors put together their workshops because it's something I love doing myself and I think that you can only get better by learning from others. So I'm looking forward to being a student and getting to experience that from a student perspective. Um, and also just getting to meet more awesome founders. Like there's never like, in my opinion, entrepreneurs are just the people that I naturally gravitate towards. So when I get an opportunity to meet a bunch of more new ones and maybe kind of help introduce them to the Volta network, I'm really excited. So it would be, um, yeah, that's what I'm most excited about. Very cool. Um, so we, we had, we were briefly chatting before this about some of the aspects of the Academy that we really thought were super cool and some of the things that we thought 
in this industry that aren't necessarily super cool. And I want to talk briefly about that because one of the things you said was the structure, like holding yourselves accountable. Mm -hmm. So what do you see as the advantage, and I'll start with you, mm -hmm. uh, what do you see as the advantage of a program like this versus the 150,000 Instagram ads that I see about a masterclass on how to build your business from zero to 10x because 10x is the word that you have to use <laughs> if you want to be super cool and grow. Um, so what, where do you see this being better, honestly, because if you say it's not, then I'll, I'll just hang up. But um, <laughs> where do you see this as being better than a program like that? So, so I have a lot of experience in this space. Um, when I was uh, building my tech startup, it was a community for women entrepreneurs who were building online businesses. And many of them were creating what are called infopreneur businesses, which is basically you take information, you put it together in a teaching format, like a course, and you sell it online. And there was a common complaint within their students, which was that they weren't getting the support that they needed um, in the online model. And the instructors would try to solve this with various ways, you know, Facebook groups, live webinars, things like that. It was all helpful, but ultimately there is nothing more valuable to an early stage entrepreneur than getting contextual feedback from smart people who have taken the time to get to understand their business. And so you're going to meet people over the course of 12 weeks that understand what you're doing and can provide contextual feedback in a live setting who actually genuinely care about your success. So that is absolutely invaluable. And then when you realize what the price point for the program is, I would pay 10 times what they're charging for right. just for that. Right. Um, so it's a really valuable, valuable experience. Okay. And so, and so speaking a little bit about price point, uh, I think you guys are still working a little bit on the pricing model, but you've kind of got a, a pretty good sense in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's obviously less than you see for a lot of online master classes for different things. So mm -hmm. why did you decide to price it where you priced it when people are paying more than that for similar, <coughs> worse programs across the internet? So Yeah, good. Good question. Um, we really are striving at Volta to make programming accessible to everybody. And where this is a pilot, we felt that we wanted to price it maybe a bit lower than it should be just because, you know, we're, we're testing this out as well. So um, we thought, in, you know, just to, because it is the pilot, to price it at $150 for network members and then it's $200 for broader broader community and maybe we change that down the road but I think the biggest thing is making it accessible to anyone that kind of needs this support um, that's a big priority for us this is a trend I see happening in the marketing space too I think that what's interesting about the infopreneur space and the way that startups are starting to leverage to do a new form of um, of content marketing is essentially this is like it's a funnel for Volta. It's a way for people to get to experience Volta. And so to basically price this offering where, you know, it's a loss leader in many senses, you probably won't make any money, you'll probably lose some. But ultimately what it does is you gain a whole bunch more awesome humans to join the Volta network and mm -hmm. they will pay off in space. And exactly. you see startups doing that too. They're putting on amazing free courses. They're giving out amazing um, free webinars. And they recognize that while these are things that people could easily pay for from um, infopreneurs, if a startup can put together that kind of 
quality training, it's just a really good channel for them to gain trust and then gain customers. Definitely. Well, yeah. yeah what, sorry, did you want to say something? I was just going to say, yeah, we benefit from this as well mm -hmm. as Volta because we get to see all the cool entrepreneurs that are out there that we might not know of otherwise. Right. So mm -hmm. definitely it's beneficial yeah. to us. And they get better, right? Like ultimately it's mm -hmm. like by the time they come and they apply for a residency, they're going to be at just such a much higher level. Yeah. Um, it's going to benefit the whole ecosystem really. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, from a sporting analogy, it's like having a farm team and a prospect system. It's like you, yeah. you've got the opportunity to be like, all right, well, we're going to train these people. We're going to provide them great coaching mm -hmm. and we're still going to focus on, you know, doing what we're doing with the, with the companies we're working with, mm -hmm. but you can kind of work your way up to that to that spot and mm -hmm. exactly. and I think that sort of breeds a really interesting idea too is you know I, I grew up playing sports with all these sports heroes and the idea was always like looking up to and being like well I could go do that and now when I see it from a business perspective there's always this idea of like oh they're doing that like I could I have an idea and if I worked really hard I could get to that spot so I think mm -hmm. that providing that that scaffolding is a uh, is super helpful and, and really cool. I also like the idea of what you're saying about sort of the idea that it's an intelligent move on Volta's part to say, well, we're going to train for relatively, you know, sort of zero sum amount, um, a new group of people who are going to then continue to support that, that system. And it, it speaks to when we talk about these sort of online courses that have different things, it's always a very like quick, buck plan of yeah. like, I'm going to, if I can make, you know, a million dollars this year, I can make a million dollars this year. And that's great. And that's that. Um, I like the kind of slow play idea of like, well, we want to actually grow. Cause I don't, I don't think that most people can, Th these ones that I've seen online where like, doesn't matter what your idea is. I'm yeah. like, Oh no, no, it <laughs> totally does. Yeah. Uh, you do have to have that part in place. Yeah. So I like the fact that that gets validated through part of the process. Mm -hmm. You see this happening interestingly in other industries too. Like I was watching a documentary on Beats Headphones and the founders of Beats, which is Dr. Dre and Jimmy. Is it Jimmy Ivey? Mean? Yes. Yeah. And so what they've done is since getting acquired by Apple for $2.3 billion. <laughs> Not bad. What Beats, I mean, Beats was bought for the, the relationships that they had in the music industry. And Apple really wanted to make a strong play in in music, but what they recognize is the talent pool for what they're looking for, which are people that come from a musical background and then also have an engineering background, just doesn't exist. And so they've created a university where they can train these people. And ultimately, I think as careers become more and more specialized, that's going to become more common. I, and I definitely see it happening in the marketing space too. And it's something mm -hmm. we've been chatting about internally because, again, like there's of demand for very specialized skills and startups are very different and this is one of the things that I talk about when I talk to other entrepreneurs they're very different than every other business and I know this from experience having had two businesses before starting my startup I thought that I knew what I was doing and I got in and learned that I had to learn a whole new language <laughs> and there's no better to learn it than fluently jumping in with a bunch of other people that are speaking it mm -hmm. and so this is one of the values that comes from Volta. Well, the, the podcast that, uh, the episode that I launched this week was with uh, Corey Urquhart, who's the, one of the co-owners of Envie, mm -hmm. the vegan kitchen. And Corey's background was as a professional hockey player. He was a second round draft pick in the NHL and then played overseas and came and opened the restaurant. And one of the things he said was like, 
I had no idea that that's the amount of work that was involved in opening a restaurant. And, you know, people who are involved in a business, whether they're in management or a leadership role or an owner with a quote unquote normal business are like, oh, it's startups, it's the same thing. It's just a different thing. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, it's a whole different thing. Some of the skills I have are transferable, but it's, it's not just, you know, the same as like show up to work in the office and do the thing and then money. Um, So I, I think it's, it's useful to have that idea in place that, you know, this is not the same as what a lot of other things are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, My friend Jill has a thing that she says, Jill McCray, she yeah. says that basically the three toughest um, businesses you can do are startups, restaurants and farming. <laughs> and I think of it all. And my husband was formerly in restaurants and I had a restaurant consulting business. So I know that world a little bit, don't know farming at all, but I can only imagine that's hard yeah. and startups are effing hard. So yeah. I think that I agree with Jill's assessment. I, I actually have a few, I'm a Valley boy. Um, so I have a few friends who, uh, grew up on farms and worked on farms and mm-hmm. some of the things that I never really expected there was a really interesting thing at one point so in high school I played football and thought like I'm super strong I'm so big and strong and I went to visit one of my friends one time we went to the gym and this little tiny guy that I'd grown up with I was lifting and he got on the bench after me and I was like do you want me to change the weight and he's like yeah yeah I need to put a little more on it and then just started <laughs> crushing it I was like this little guy is just <laughs> killing it I was like how does he do this and my friends are like his parents on a farm. He throws bales of hay all day. Like mm-hmm. what? And so I was like, oh yeah, he gets up at five o'clock, like three hours before me and is just working out all day long. So, <laughs> yeah. all right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my experience with farming is that I don't want to own a farm. And I don't want to own a like- startup. I used to think I wanted to own a restaurant until I worked in oh, restaurants no. and realized like, oh, no, I don't. I'd like my name to be on a restaurant and yeah. I like to eat in restaurants a lot, yeah. um, but I definitely don't want to own one. Yeah. I'd like to invest in a restaurant so I can go and sit at the bar and like they'll give me a free bottle of wine. Right? That's what I'll do. <laughs> Here's my you know, 10 grand check, but I do not want to be behind the scenes at all. The number of people that I know that actually have, uh, have opened up restaurants and bars and stuff who've kind of said that the investors literally were just like, I, I'm not expecting this back. Like yeah. here's, here's 75 grand or a hundred grand or 200 grand. And I get to come in and drink scotch yeah. and you're like, Oh, if you got the money, that sounds great. But yeah. it's a, uh, it's a, it's a hard business to be in for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's most of what we want to talk about, mm-hmm. but, um, I think before we sort of finish off, I like to keep the episodes pretty short so that people can actually, because long episodes, people just kind of wander off and yep. do other things. But uh, if you had one more thing you wanted to kind of plug or push about Volta or about the program or about anything, we'll start with you, Megan. What it is? What is it that you'd like to say that would take someone who's kind of, hey, should I or shouldn't I, and, and put them in the yes bracket so they can boot Caitlin out of her spot <laughs> in the program? I think when I meet, come across people outside of Volta, they're always a little intimidated by Volta. So I think I would just say that we want to meet you. There's no such thing as a bad idea, or I guess maybe there is, but <laughs> we want to hear it. And if you're at all intimidated, or come and just check Volta out, because we are not an intimidating place. We're all about being inclusive and getting to know people in the broader community. So just come check us out. Feel free to drop me a line. I'm happy to give a tour. Um, please check out Volta Academy, and we're excited to see you. Awesome. Caitlin, what do you what what do you want to end with? What's the last thing you want to say about this? Um, I think I would just echo what Megan said. Like I really think that Volta is um, it's 
the biggest thing that you're going to get here is this incredible community and you will learn faster than you ever thought possible and by the time you're done this program in 12 weeks again you'll have learned a new language and you'll do it with other people that are learning with you and they get to be your sparring partners and people that you get to hang out with and chat with and it's if you have an idea there is no better place and no bigger opportunity right now than to do this program so i would say don't wait um the thing about ideas is they're worthless until they're executed so this is your time to come and learn and figure out how to really execute it well um and this is a huge opportunity for anybody who's excited to take it on awesome well, thank you guys very much for having me here today. Thanks for coming. And uh, with that, we're going to close out. If anyone has any questions or comments, uh, we're going to have uh, some contact information for everyone on the notes of the podcast. And with that, thank you very much for joining us and have a great day.